You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers, from faith leaders to academics to artists, to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honored to welcome to our show Yusuf Kabare, a liaison for the Imam of the Masjid al-Rahmah here in Santa Fe. Yusuf, welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much. So, um, not long ago, the Jewish community that I'm a part of went through the High Holy Days, including Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Yes. And so it made me wonder, I thought maybe a nice opening question would be, what does atonement and repentance look like in Islam? Well, it's a very important thing, and it's called, one of the words is taqwa, <coughs> who means uh, awareness of Almighty, to be conscious of Almighty, and also the forgiveness, and also the asking for forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Almighty, love the people to ask Him for things, and give thanks to Him for the things they give to us, even if we don't give it to us, maybe what we ask is not the best for us, but they give us other things, maybe better, and also to repent, to make a tournament, mm-hmm. with Yom uh, Kibbutz is about this, a tournament. And so, what does atonement look like in Islam? In Judaism, it often involves recitation of prayer. It involves going to the people with wrongs and apologizing and working through with them in relationship. In Islam, what's the process of atonement? Atonement and the prayer, part of the prayer is already asking for forgiveness. Uh, uh, part of the five prayers a day we do. And then we also have uh, different prayers we make. Like, for example, one week, wake up in the morning, we say, Alhamdulillah, uh, wa all praise be to Almighty, all thanks be given to Him for giving us life after that, because we're sleeping, there's a connection with that. And the Prophet also said, and the, uh, that is, uh, 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 sleeping is the sister of that. Interesting. Right? Right. And then uh, and when they die, they will wake up, the prophets say. And then we say, Alhamdulillah wa sukrallah, all grace be to Allah, all praise be to Allah, God, uh, and thanks given to him. And uh, then we say, hear us and grant us pardon. To thee we shall return. Uh-huh. You created me, us, you created me. And I am you, servant, mm-hmm. and uh, forgive me for all my wrong things, mm-hmm. and uh, I fulfill my covenant. Covenant. Mm-hmm. This is part of the Jewish tradition. The By the covenant, yeah. Covenant, yeah. Uh, and my promise to you, as much. I think this is very important. As much as I can. Ah. It's very important because today I might can 0.5 and tomorrow maybe 1.3. Who knows? No, anybody. So forgiveness and atonement 
is not between people, it's between the person and, and God. Also, also, ah, also, we have to ask uh, the people we did wrong by mistake or sure. by uh, shortcomings or by uh, misunderstanding. So, and it's a tradition in most of the Muslim countries, then especially in Ramadan, uh, in, in Islam is not allowed in the true Islam. Right? One thing is Islam, one thing is the Muslims. It's, uh, okay. It can be the same, but uh, Muslim is somebody who practices and yeah. uh, everybody is different. Uh, Islam is a system. Right. You know, it's, a, it's So, uh, it's not allowed to stay three days in a row, no speaking to somebody. Oh, interesting. Or to deny the salams. If you, I mean, if he is in another country and so on, but if you are neighbors or you are in the same town or whatever, uh, family or neighbor or friends or work, co-workers. So if you see the person, you cannot stay three days because you are ang angry or because somebody done something or you done or something. You cannot stay more than three days without returning or giving the salams. Interesting. And if you stay one year without giving it, it's like if you kill that person spiritually right right and that is very <laughs> <laughs> and then many people at the end of ramadan when come the fuse mm -hmm. they if they are been having some friction with somebody family or whatever it is uh, they will go to the house and they will ask for forgiveness i remember once an argelian in copenhagen at that time i live in copenhagen <coughs> and uh, i don't know he have something with me, I don't very clear why and how, but he have something and for months he don't give me the salams. And then I was walking the day of the celebration of, not the celebrating we don't fast anymore, we celebrate and we are being blessed to able to fast and to celebrate the, the Ramadan, because it's a celebration and a fasting at the same time. So I hear my name, Yusuf, Yusuf, I turn and bosom. Interesting. And then he was in about maybe 30 feet away from me, and he came and he hugged me. And many people do this and go to the house of the person they've been having a conflict. But you cannot have bad relationship with somebody for more than one year and should be no more than three days. One year is a... <laughs> I, I think that's wonderful. I, I, it's interesting when you mentioned the idea that sleep being the sister of death. Yeah. In Judaism, we have a saying that sleep is one sixtieth of death. Exactly. It's like a tiny taste it, of it. It is about the same. Now, you mentioned something that, that's really interesting to me. You, you, you differentiated between Islam and Muslims. Yes. You said Muslims are those who practice Islam, but Islam is a system. Right. But, um, but people are, are changing and developing and so on. Does Islam change and develop with people, or does it try to remain constant in people's lives as they change? In certain things, it's, uh, like in Judaism, it's there. Uh, that is there. So five times a day prayer is right. there. And uh, if you are traveling, then you can join the prayer of the noon and the afternoon, ah, the see, midday right. and right. afternoon, and the evening and the night, because you are a traveler. Right. Okay. And uh, to make it easy for the traveler, because Islam is about making it easy for the people, not to make it complicated and hard and difficult. Right. And there's many other concessions who can be there, uh, at, at the same time, uh, it's certain things who is according to the interpretation of the moment. Interpretation of the moment. I remember the first time I read in the Quran about 50 years ago, 
I've been Muslim only for 52 years and so on. And uh, he was talking about when the seas met, but they don't blend together. Uh -huh. The two seas or two oceans, they met, but they don't mix together. The water of one sea don't go to the other one. Uh -huh. And I don't understood the meaning. But then Chiang Couto, the I think it was a, the oceanographer, France, who traveled in all the seas oh, yes, and oceans. He find that and the connection Pacific and, Merit and uh, Atlantic and also Mediterranean and Atlantic. Mm. And you can see in Spain, in a place be, uh, close to the um, south of Spain, close to Gibraltar, uh, it's called La Linea. La Linea means the line. Right. And many people go there for surfing also. Oh, interesting, where the two oceans meet. Exactly. And you can see in a clear day, you can see, say, what is it? Uh, you see a line straight line and you see the color of the Mediterranean with more blue than the Atlantic and you see the color of the Atlantic and it's amazing so it's things whose signs it's, it's actually uh, one of the problems with uh, I will say with the uh, Muslim uh, scientists who they are being more uh, more in the past not to build things mm -hmm. but to understand things and more the science of uh, human science, like medicine, uh, alchemy, right. and philosophy, and astronomy, not astrology, no. but astronomy, and many other science, uh, economical science, you know, and so on. Not so much the engineering science to build machines and things like this. It's little like Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci, I think he learned from us. I used to live in Leonardo da Vinci village. Ah. It's called Da Vinci. Ah. Mm? Yes, why is Leonardo da Vinci? Da Vinci yeah. And there is his museum. And he did uh, machines, but in paper. Yes. And with lines and writing and mathematical calculations and all this. But he never built one. Ah, right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I think we, we've been high. That's why we are a little backwards on science. I will say the Muslims. That's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess one of the questions for me is, what does what does it mean to be scientific? You know, uh, ah. if you have a if you have a religious a religious science, mm. immediately you're starting to perhaps set up a possible tension, or perhaps to maybe imbalance the science. I mean, and I come from an astrophysics background, and then I became yeah, a rabbi. Exactly, and I. I, I think they're differing languages of describing the world. Yes. Um, and so sometimes bringing those two languages together can be, well, can help create greater understanding, but it can also be quite confusing, I would say. Yeah, it's why we have to name by the real name, like a speculative science, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, theoretical science, engineering science, right. medical science. Right. It's not all in one basket. Yeah. And not all the science are good. I will say, if I allow myself, is uh, chemistry, for example. Now we have more than 10,000 chemical products on food and around who are toxic for humankind, and we can call that scientific. And the aspect of Islam, scientific, means it's good for all, ah, not for few, and very bad for many. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? This is one of the challenges of modernity. I would say that we, that in order for some of us to have luxuries, 
Um, other people end up suffering. Exactly. Um, and um, I mean, it, it's a, a difficulty because in order to advance humanity, we uh, we now live much longer and much healthier lives. But but um, than people did many years ago. At the same time, in order to get to that stage, there had to be some depersonalization of or, or um, some separation from the natural world to to enable us to get to that point. So we we almost have a struggle between wanting to live longer and wanting to live more comfortable lives, being lifted out of poverty, and yet in order to do so, we have to transcend the natural world. It seems. At the same time that, you know, we're reminded we can't and that will always come back on us. So it seems like there's a tension with modernity here. Yes, it's true. It's a very big tension and about the aging and also about the healthy. Yeah, we age more, but also we have much, much more uh, older people, including after 60, no, right. no, 80s, even after 60, who they are chronically sick with very right. heavy diabetes, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, this and that and that. And all those conditions, they, uh, if we look at them, they have something in, in common and it's very spread all over the world, especially in the Western world. What they have in common, then they don't, uh, unknown reason of the disease. We know that person has Alzheimer's and maybe it's this, that, that, or Parkinson or whatever, diabetes, yeah, too much sugar or whatever. But exactly reason of that condition, we don't have it, a non-reason, right. and many cancers also. Uh, then they have another thing in common. All of them are degenerative. Yes. Another condition, another similarity is they are chronic. Another one is a medication, and another one is no cure. So it sounds like what you're saying is we've transcended the natural limit of our lives. Interesting. Yeah. Well, look, let's take a pause. And, and when we come back, um, let's continue talking, maybe not necessarily about the natural limits. You spoke about prayer before. I'd be really interested yeah, to talk sure. a little more about prayer. Sure. So we're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom. And my guest this evening is Yusuf Kabare, a liaison for the Imam of the Masjid Al-Rahma here in Santa Fe. And we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Yusuf Kabare, a liaison for the Imam of Masjid Al-Rahma here in Santa Fe. Um, and uh, we've been uh, having a conversation about repentance and atonement and then um, the sort of... Um, flexibility of uh, and the differences between Islam and and Muslims uh, and we moved on to natural limits but I wanted to come back since you spoke about prayer before um, the you have five set services mm -hmm. in, in Jewish tradition we have three set services on Yom Kippur we have five yes um, but you have five set services uh, in Judaism and I only speak again from my experience mm. we have Keva and Kavana which is fixed prayer and spontaneous prayer. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there is the prayer that we are told, right, this needs to be recited here, but the prayer, that's more liturgy and the prayer itself is what comes from it. Do you have something similar in Islam? For is, sure. Is it, so so what, what, For what, sure. Is, what is prayer in Islam? Yeah, and prayer is different kind of prayers. The five one is the one then we do several things at the same time, no? And we have two kinds. One is called far, means compulsory or... No? And the other one is called Sunnah, 
who means the tradition of the prophet. And it's very important to see if you know enough Judaism, I don't mean you, anybody, uh, because you know enough, <laughs> uh, to myself, and so on. We see that many of the sunnas, uh, uh, sunnas will be customs or traditions of the prophet, things that he did or things he said. And you look to Musa, Moses, we call it Musa, it's the same. We have many of the things, uh, and you say, well, because the prophet say, for example, one of the things he say is, uh, I follow the sunnah, the tradition of Ibrahim, Islam. Mm-hmm. Peace be on him, Ibrahim, Abraham, right. Islam. And then uh, we follow the sunnahs of the prophets, not only Muhammad, Islam, but also of Ibrahim and Musa, because Muhammad, Islam, also follow those traditions and other ones who are uh, straight from him. So does right. that mean that you're, when you say you have this sort of set prayer, and then it sounds like recite, is it narratives that you share, or is it reflection on behavior from you, you have previous the whole prophets? thing, exactly. Uh, no, it, it, yeah, something like that. Uh, first is a prayer who is from the Quran. Right. Okay, and it's a minimum of seven verses from Quran, who is the first charter, for people who don't know. Right. Right. And then he can add second uh, Charter in minimum three verses, but if somebody know the whole Quran or he want to twenty or whatever, he can do it. It is according to the knowledge of the person and also this capacity. So the know? prayer. This is fascinating because because it sounds like what you're saying is prayer is recitation of text, exactly. which is different to um, uh, prayer as self reflection no, or, or prayer as dialogue with God. It will come. Ah, yeah, mm. but the first part is that one. But at the same time, because we know and we believe, yeah, we know and believe, then the Quran is the words of Allah, of Almighty. When we recite His words, Alhamdulillah, if you read a letter of one of your friends and you read it loudly, loudly, who is speaking to you, you or your friend? Uh, I guess the friend. Exactly. So when right. you read the words of Allah, it's you, you, you voice, but there's Allah talking to you because so it's the words of Allah. That's very interesting because very often in when I have conversations with people from differing religions, prayer is the expression of the self. But what you're sharing is that prayer is the expression of God talking to us. You. Yeah, in according to your feelings and your knowledge, you can choose which verses or which uh, charter to recite because you feel down, so something to put you up. You feel proud, so you take some verses to, hey, uh, slow down, no? <laughs> you so on. But then is the other one who is dua, who is pray, uh, he will be asking Almighty for things and asking every day. We do it five times a day. And not only five times a day, because some prayers have, we call it record, mm-hmm. uh, uh, four, like submission uh, with a bow in the floor and so on. We always ask blessings for Abraham Islam, Ibrahim Islam, Abraham Islam, and for his family and his descendants. Right. And his descendants include the Arabs and the Jewish. Sure. So we ask every day for, and, and the prayer, then we are free, and then we can say whatever, uh, Touch us. This is you know? this is a fascinating perspective on prayer, because um, it's uh, it's a dialogue, but in a very different way. Because it's almost, if I'm hearing correctly, 
that the words of God are set in the yeah, Quran, right. but we are the ones who choose which words exactly. resonate, might push us, guide us. Exactly, so at that moment. So it's us creating the dialogue with that which has already been said. It's a, it's a fascinating... Like we're doing now. Well, no, because my because this is a different dialogue because it's spontaneous. It's spontaneous, but the other one is also spontaneous uh, because it's according to my feeling, you know, and I need advice rather than to go to the psychologist or something like this. Then I look to advice from Almighty what I will say. Then come the other prayer to bless blessings to all the prophets and so on. Of course, the prophet Muhammad and so on. So, and then he come the free will. Then, then you right. what you nourish. Like one of my sons is sick, so ask him for my son. Or one of my daughters have a difficulties in college or whatever, and ask him for my daughter. Then it comes the personal things, and then it's free will. You ask as you want. And uh, so, another question that I have about prayer, and this one I think is a, a difficult question for me, um, is of all the members of the Interfaith Leadership Alliance, mm -hmm. the Masjid al Rahma, I think, is the only one that separates men and women in prayer. And so, so I guess asking the question, why is it that women go to a, a, a back room and right. men pray at the front? What's the spirituality behind that? Yeah, well, that is, uh, again, we are Islam and Muslims. Ah, go on. Islam don't say that. And the Prophet Muhammad Salam, the Prophet, the peace and blessings be on him, uh, in his mosque, the women were knowing the same robe. Right. Okay. But they were in the same building, in the same uh, area. Okay. As then the Muslims come and some of the traditions from the tradition, national traditions, nationalists or tribal, many tribal traditions, right. you know, uh, like they covering the face completely and all this. Uh, those are tribal things. It's not necessary 100% uh, from Islam. The wives of Muhammad Islam, they did it in occasions, but there's no... Something is spread for everybody. Right. Okay. And then the same, the prayer. And then in some countries, uh, they are more thing about the woman and so and so. Uh, the One of the wives of Muhammad Salam, Aisha, uh, he said, well, you men, after the prophet passed away, uh, he said, what you men? You say, you, if a woman passed, your prayer is, uh, is uh, uh, you have to repeat it. Uh -huh. Muhammad Salam he used to pray in a room was very small because he was really um, uh, living like uh, a humble life. A humble, very humble right. life. And I, he was in front of me, and I have to put my legs, you know, bend my legs so then he could put the forehead in the floor. You know, he, right. I was in front of him. Right. So uh, many of those things are from the Muslims. See, that's fascinating because, I mean, I understand the idea of local custom. But it's it's fascinating and empowering and wonderful to hear that what you're saying is that Islam in its uh, origin is very clear that men exactly. and women can pray together. It's okay, plain, just... Uh, not necessary. Yeah, like, for example, when not, I pray with my daughters, yes. that, so my daughter is next to me. If it's one daughter. Right. If it's more, then it's a row. Right. right? But if it's one-to-one, -one, even if it's men and men, uh -huh. two, and they pray, it's two kind of prayer. The one who is compulsory, you could say, uh, one name for, and the one who is uh, optional, and the one who is tradition of the prophet. So when you make the compulsory, you should be, if it's more than one person, it should be, we call a jamaat, a group. Right. And then if it's only one man, 
two men. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the imam is the imam, and I am next to him, just next to him, almost shoulder to shoulder. I miss my daughter or my wife or my granddaughter is the same. So could a, a woman in your community turn around and say, and, and this is an interesting question for me in terms of, in Judaism we have halakha mm -hmm. and minhag. Halakha is the law, and minhag is custom. Yes. And custom can override law sometimes. Oh, yeah. Is it possible for a woman in your community to say, I understand the custom is that um, we're kept separate, but if it's good enough for Muhammad, peace be upon him, then it's good enough for me, and so I can come and pray. I'm really interested as to the what is what is permissible here. Well, depends who are the the ones who are there. Right, it depends on the local <laughs> custom. I guess. Yeah. That's very the local, and the, if you are in a foreign country, you know, right, life sure. here was sure. But uh, in, let's say in Santa yeah, Fe itself. Yeah, in Santa Fe. Oh. Yeah, I think we could do, and the Imam is uh, grim, and the mm. Imam we have, Imam Ibrahim, and I also. And some people say, oh, I don't want the people look my wife or my daughter, this or that or that. And this is customs. It's this is customs. Yeah, I have to tell to one brother once, they say, you think we come the most to look at the wife of somebody or the right. daughter of somebody? Please. I mean, if you're busy in your right, if you're busy in your prayer, and there are some, for example, hmm. if, if there are some Orthodox Jewish communities that yeah. will uh, that separate men from women, um, because exactly that, the men say they don't want to be distracted from their prayer because mm -hmm. they're, you know, they, it's incumbent upon them to pray, and yeah. it's not necessarily incumbent upon women, but they can if they yeah. if they so choose. But the problem is that when the men see the women, they can't concentrate on their prayer. And I, I can't help but think that's a problem for the men, not for the women. Exactly. Right. And don't look at the woman. And uh, this person, he was telling me, I don't want to come here and see so-and-so. I said, I don't think you come here to see somebody's wife or daughter. I think you come here for prayer. And, yeah. it's, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because then that's where the... I guess we come back to Islam and Muslims. That's where the reality of hum of humanity yes. comes in, doesn't it? That that any faith tradition can set up its ideals. Exactly. But when it comes to the practitioners of that religion, whatever it is, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, anything, that right. sometimes we behave differently because mm -hmm. because we're human beings. Yeah, exactly. That's why I differentiate from the beginning Islam and Muslims. Yeah, I, and I, th I find that a very interesting, um, uh, a very interesting differentiation, particularly because, um, of course, Islam in media often gets a very bad reputation yes. because of the behavior of some Muslims. Exactly, and uh, people turn around and say, "But Islam says," and so on. Yes, and, exactly. And uh, they're doing this, you know, as Muslims, they are doing this on behalf of Islam. Exactly. But, but do all Jews act on behalf of Judaism, or do all Christians act on behalf of Christianity? I think it's a it's an interesting differentiation. Yeah. So for you, um, Islam is then the core, the, the core that that keeps the uh, weight of life, the core, you know, and we have his instructions, and then the Muslims are the one who uh, we put that core, that weight of life in action. It's called amal, action. This life, according to Islam, this is the life of amal, action. Right. And next life is the life of retribution or recompense. Well, that is a, that's a wonderful place to, to pause our conversation. I've really enjoyed this. Yeah. I really have. I've, I've learned a lot from you, particularly about prayer and, and the, really yeah. the emphasis between the difference between Islam and Muslims yeah. and, 
and uh, and the relationship, the dynamic between them. So really, thank you very much. Yeah, for I could being have ten here. seconds. Only ten ten seconds. seconds. Yeah, uh, I don't mean the woman. For some Muslims to listen to me, should be mixed with the man. No, no, that's the, right. The Mus- the men are in the front, and so the women are behind. And this is all. No, I think, uh, but I think yeah. that's clearly what right. you were but saying. Right, but for uh, some Muslim, they might listen and might say, sure. well, this is radical or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that's not that radical. No, no. no. Well, you've been listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. And thank you again to my guest, uh, Yusuf Kabareh, the liaison for the imam from the Masjid al-Rahmah. I do hope that you'll be able to return again. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you very much. It's been an honor. Thank you. And so uh, you've been listening to Soul Searching. And until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.